we come to uh, God's Word, uh, Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through uh, 21, and then David will come and, and, and share some reflections with us. So let me read to us. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen, heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. I'm looking forward to spending time with you in this text, so let's pray and get right to it. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage, we ask that we might not only hear your word, but that we might receive it, that we might believe it, and that we might leave worshiping you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I wonder if you ever doubt your faith in this season. I do. Uh, Even in the time when we see the lights, when we sing the songs, when we hear, hear the stories of Jesus, I can doubt that my faith is genuine because there can be a lack of an experience of God. You might be the same, questioning your faith today because you don't feel very Christmassy. Even with the poinsettias today, the Advent season just doesn't mean as much to you as it once did. You're cold to the Advent story that God came to the earth to save sinners. But maybe even if you wouldn't describe yourself as a Christian, same question for you today. Do you ever doubt your faith in this season? Well, I would submit to you that you should, but you may respond and say, but I don't really have faith in Jesus Christ, so what are you talking about? Well, true, you may not have faith in Jesus Christ, but I would submit to you that to a certain extent, you do have faith in something. So even if you don't believe in God today, you have a certain amount of faith that he doesn't exist. Or maybe even if you're not sure that God exists, then to some extent you you have faith that, that God hasn't done a really good job of revealing himself. Or maybe you don't believe that God is good today, and then you have faith to a certain extent that God is not very loving or at least to me. 
Richard Dawkins, the evolutionary biologist and outspoken atheist, in an interview about his book, God Delusions, acknowledged his own faith. He said, I cannot know for certain, but I think God is very improbable, and I live my life on the assumption he is not there. You see, everyone is a person of faith to some extent, and we should ask if our faith is true, if it's beautiful today. And that's really why Luke wrote his gospel, what we read from today. If you turn back to Luke chapter 1, if you flip back just a page and you look at verse 3, Luke tells us why he wrote his gospel. He says, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So Luke is writing to Theophilus, who was a Gentile and a high-ranking Roman official. And then he says, I'm writing to you so that you will have certainty. And literally it means to know thoroughly based on the evidence, the things. What does the things refer to? It refers to Jesus, to the gospel or grace. What you have been taught or literally how you have been catechized in preparation for a public profession of faith. So a paraphrase of that could be, I wrote it all out for you, Theophilus, so that you would be convinced based on the evidence of the gospel of which you have been taught. So we have Luke, the former skeptic, writing to the current skeptic, Theophilus. So it's a great time to consider this portion of Luke's gospel and to wrestle with our faith today. Uh, in previous weeks in this sermon series, we've looked about, look, we've considered uh, darkness and light. We thought about little and large last week, and today we're going to continue with our theme of contrast, looking at wrong and right as we apply faith to our own lives under two headings. The first of these is this. First thing I want you to see in this passage is this, is that shepherds, are the wrong people. Look down at verse 8. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, where is this same region? It's in Bethlehem, which James talked about last week. It's a dingy little town. And where are they? They're in the middle of a field in nowhere, in a dingy little field. And who is there but the shepherds? And it's not this romantic idea of being out in green rolling hills uh, that we see on all of our Christmas cards. But this scene is anything but impressive. And the group of people that the shepherds appear to are anything but impressive people. Actually, think about this. Shepherds, shepherds are at the opposite end of the social spectrum compared to two other people who are mentioned in this same chapter. In chapter 2, we hear about Caesar Augustus, and we hear about Quirinius, the governor of Syria. And the shepherds are at this end of the spectrum, and Caesar and Quirinius are at this end of the social spectrum. Caesars slept in palaces. Uh, shepherds slept in the pastures. Why? Because they were poor 
and they didn't have the means to afford a comfortable life. But not only are shepherds at the opposite end of the social spectrum, they're also at the opposite end of the religious spectrum compared to the priests and the Pharisees. You see, the Israelites or Jews, they worshipped in the temple, but the shepherds wandered in the country. Why? Because of their vocation, they were ceremonially unclean and they were unable to worship in the temple. So they were at the opposite end of the social spectrum. They were at the opposite end of the religious spectrum. And they were also at the opposite end of the moral spectrum compared to virtually everyone. You see, others are respected in the world, but the shepherds during this time are actually repugnant in the world. Most of them were considered thieves. If you heard the shepherds were nearby, you locked your doors. Shepherds were not even allowed to give testimony. Their testimony was not credible in a court of law. They were on the opposite end of the, norm, uh, the moral spectrum. You see, from a human perspective, this scene is all wrong. The birth announcement of a king coming to shepherds in Bethlehem in a dingy field. Shepherds are the wrong people socially, religiously, and morally. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Now this might resonate with you this morning. If you're struggling to keep on the lights, to buy food for your family, or to pay your mortgage, then this story might resonate with you. And friends, if that is you today, as James mentioned, we We give a lot to people in our community through our deacons fund. And so if you have financial needs in this season, please don't hesitate. All you have to do is send an email to deaconsfund at mclanepres.org and there are funds available to you. So this might resonate with you if you're struggling financially, but this story might also resonate with you if you've spent your whole life feeling like an outsider to the church, or if you haven't been to church in a while, or maybe you've never ever been to church before and you're here today, then this story might resonate with you. It also might resonate with you today if you are aware of your immorality, if your spouse just found out about your addiction to porn this week, if your boss just confronted you about stealing from your expense account, or if you were just caught lying in court, then this story might resonate with you. But for others, this story might not resonate with you on the surface If you have all of your material needs met, if you're involved in a church, if you were just recognized as the employee of the month or you're getting that end of year bonus, then this story might not resonate with you on the surface. However, if you go below the surface, I think that most of us in this room know that we resonate with the shepherds, that we're the wrong people. We're not the husband that we want to be to our wife. We're not the mother that we want to be to our children. We're not the sons and daughters that we want to be for our parents. We're not the friend that we want to be to others. Or in other ways, we might resonate with the shepherds because we experience loneliness because 
We just don't feel like anyone in the world gets us. Or we experience sadness because we weren't invited to this certain Christmas party. Or we may be in a season of frustration because we didn't get our early acceptance to the college that we wanted. We weren't promoted to the position that we thought we deserved. Or we weren't even elected where we thought we were being called to serve. We may be in a season of loneliness, sadness, or frustration. Or maybe some of it just in the day thinking that there's got to be more to life than this, that we're not satisfied no matter how much prosperity we have earned, prestige we have achieved, or pleasure we have bought. We just lay our heads on the pillow at night thinking there's got to be more. Well, if you are the wrong person, then this is the church for you. You see, all of us in this room beneath our fancy clothes are the wrong person in some way, shape, or form. And it may be difficult to acknowledge. I know it because I find it very hard in my own life to admit that I'm wrong. And Romans tells us that we suppress the truth because honestly we don't like to admit that about ourselves. Brene Brown, whom many of you probably are familiar with, she's a popular researcher and storyteller. And she says that telling the truth is hard, but it's worth it. She wrote... Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable, only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. So let me challenge you to do that today, to own our stories, to embrace our vulnerability, to not give up on love, belonging, joy, and to explore our wrongness or the darkness in our lives. But I'm also challenging us to do more than that, to understand the wrongness is precisely the reason why Jesus came. And not just to discover the power of our light, but to discover the infinite power of his light, which is our second point today. The shepherds are the wrong people, but they're in the right place. The shepherds are the wrong people, but they're in the right place. They went from fear in verse 9 to worshiping Jesus in verse 20 to experiencing gospel grace. And the question today is how? We'll look down at the text. In verse 12, the angels tell the shepherds to go see Jesus. They say, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. They hear a message. But then in verses 15 and 16, the shepherds go. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So they went. But when they went, what did they do in verse 20? They saw Jesus. 
And seeing Jesus makes all the difference. In verse 20 it says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They heard the message. They took action. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped. You see, if the shepherds would have remained in the field, then it would have just been words and it would have never turned into worship. The point is this. Spiritual vitality is fostered not just by hearing about Jesus, but by taking action to investigate and see Jesus. Let me tell you a story about a man I met in a Middle Eastern country. I met this man who shared his story of how his life was turned upside down. You see, he grew up very angry at God because as a little child, his father left him and his mother and his siblings to fend for themselves. And as he grew into a young adult, he was very bitter and he was getting into lots of trouble during Uh, his college years, he began to hear a little bit about Jesus. And one day he walked into this bookstore and found a Bible, much to his surprise. And so out of curiosity, he, he bought this Bible, he took it home, and he began to read the Bible. And as he described it, as he read the Bible, he understood that he was a sinner. He understood who Jesus was. And one night he got down on his knees and he confessed faith in Jesus Christ. And it turned his world upside down. He went back to his mom and to his siblings and he began to share the good news. And they professed faith in Jesus Christ. And that made him think that he wanted to go and find his father. And so he spent years searching for his estranged father, eventually finding him passed out, and as he says, out of his head on a public bench drunk. He took him home, and he loved his father until his father loved Jesus. And his father was reunited with his mother and with his family. And today, that man started and is pastoring a church in that same Middle Eastern country. You see, he heard the message He took action. He saw Jesus. And when he did, he glorified and enjoyed God. You see, that's what will happen to us today. But it may come in a way that we're not expecting. Look down at verse 17. There's a detail that's so easy to miss. It says, and when they, the shepherds, saw it, the shepherds made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Do you see that there? We may want a message from an angel, but most of us get a message from the shepherd. And what we have to do is not to dismiss the message because of the messenger. Messengers are imperfect, but that doesn't mean the message was wrong. The only person who was ever an imperfect messenger was Jesus. And we need to listen to his words. Has God been calling you? 
Has God been sharing his message to you this year through your pleasure and your pain? Has God been trying to get your attention over this past year? Have you listened? Have I listened to what he has been saying? And have you moved towards Jesus Christ? Don't dismiss the message because of the messenger. But if you have embraced the message, remember this. Don't dismiss the mission because you're the messenger. We may not share the gospel sometimes because we're painfully aware of our wrongness, of our imperfection. And it's true that that messengers are sinful. But you know what? That gives us a great opportunity to talk about the grace that we have experienced in our own lives. Now, sharing our faith can be hard, but it's so worth it. You know, there are, there, there are many things in life that are hard for me. And to be honest, dancing is actually at the top of the list. I hate to dance. I've danced like one time in my life at my wedding, and I said I would never dance again. But recently, my son learned a dance at school, and so I showed up to watch like parents do and was enjoying the dancing to a certain extent. It was great watching him, but then the teacher announced, guess what? It's the parents' turn. I couldn't get out of the room, and so I was called up front to dance, and so in front of everyone, I danced, and yes, it was awkward, but I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it because of how much it meant to my son. You see, sharing the gospel can be hard and awkward, but you will be glad you did it because it's worth it to the person with whom we shared. Don't dismiss the mission because you're the messenger. So today we see Bethlehem, a.k.a. Podunkville, as James called it, or Canada. And the message today (laughs) is this. Bethlehem, or Canada, or Podunkville, is a great place to be so long as Jesus is there. And that's what Advent means. Advent means that we are not alone suffering in solitude, but that the one who made us has come to be with us, that he's felt our pain, that he's wrestled with temptation, and he knows our grief. The gospel message is that grace comes not because we are right, but because we are wrong. It doesn't matter who you are. It only matters where you are. The baby lying in a manger changed everything for the shepherds, and it changes everything for us. The story in Luke really doesn't focus on the birth of Jesus as much as it focuses on the response of the shepherds. So Christian, if you're in a season of doubt, remember this, that our union with God is based on his grace. He came not because we were right, but because we are wrong. But our communion with God is partly based on our efforts. Let's go see Jesus. Our actions don't make us Christians, but they do enable us to glorify and enjoy God. And if you're here today and you wouldn't describe yourself as a Christian, if you're doubting his existence... 
his goodness, his truth, then consider the reliability of Luke's gospel account. He included details like these, that the birth of the king was announced to these shepherds for no other reason than these events really happened. Consider the reliability of these eyewitness accounts. I love how a man named Henry Drummond writes on doubt. He says, Christ never failed to distinguish between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is can't believe. Unbelief is won't believe. Doubt is honest. Unbelief is obstinacy. Doubt is looking for light. Unbelief is content with darkness. Loving darkness rather than light That is what Christ attacked and attacked unsparingly. But for the intellectual questioning of Thomas and Philip and Nicodemus and the many others who came to him to have their great problems solved, he was respectful and generous and tolerant. But how did Jesus meet their doubts? The church, as I have said, says, brand him. Christ said, teach him. When Thomas came to him, denied his very resurrection and stood before Jesus waiting for his scathing words and a lashing for his unbelief, they never came. They never came. Christ gave him facts. Facts. You see, Thomas could not have been more wrong, but he ended up in the right place. The shepherds could not have been more wrong, but they ended up in the right place. We could not be more wrong And the question is, are we in the right place? This passage teaches us about how God works, that he takes the poor, that he takes the outsider, that he takes the sinful, and he brings them to Jesus. Friends, believe the word of God today that we might glorify and enjoy him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in this season, help us, help our unbelief, help us to behold our Savior, to worship and adore him like the shepherds, as the one who bears our weight and wears our shame, who comes to us not because we are right and deserve to be accepted in his sight, but because we are wrong, you came to us, and so Father, help us to wonder anew at the gospel message that Christ Jesus came to the earth to save sinners like us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.